I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. We are back for episode 61 of Digital yeah. Divination. Yeah, we're slowly, slowly. Is it 61 or are we 60? It must be 61. It, it has to be 61. Right? Yes. No, I remember <laughs> saying something about episode 60 last time. And that, okay, that good. Was, then, yeah. Yeah, they kind of, these mid numbers are just all kind of melding together in my brain. Uh, <laughs> just like a lot of stuff in summer. Um, my schedule is a lot different because I teach during mm -hmm. the school year, then I'm off in the summer. And, you know, like, like I like to tell people, you know, every day is Saturday, right. For me, mm -hmm. um, because I set my schedule and do it. And like today is Sunday though, that, that we're right. recording. Um, but I was uh, wondering though, um, how things were going for you uh, since we've talked last a couple weeks ago. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. I would say, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, digging into some some very exciting things uh, at, mm -hmm. at work, and um, <laughs> cleaned a bunch this morning. So I'm a little. Um, that's always nice, but but exhausting. Yes. No. I. Yeah. That's what I did yesterday. So we mm -hmm. have um, we have a, a a weekend place up on Camino Island. It's a small mm -hmm. house that we we spent a lot of time up there. And next weekend we have neighbors there, whose daughter, daughter son 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 is getting married and so we've offered to let them use the place for guests ah and you know when it's just us we don't we don't worry about it. we don't even make a mess we do whatever sure yeah, yeah, yeah. now that other people are going to be there and even though we're not charging them we're just letting them do it right we still had to go up and spend all day yesterday cleaning every single mm -hmm. little thing getting rid of the junk and all kinds yeah. of stuff and i get it yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's the drawback of, of having that place and this place is then there's twice as many places to clean. And, <laughs> that's and true. I yeah. mean, we're fortunate to have it, but it's still. Sure, it's, it's still, a, it's still a problem big. to have. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, I, I, I really, I can't, I can't get too down on that. But we, we're so used to going up there and spending the weekend that like, so this weekend not being there because we cleaned it. Uh, yeah. And then next weekend, we're not going to be there. So it's like, oh man, oh, what am I going to do myself? I have I have writing to do, so I'll probably oh, do there that. you go. My wife said, yeah. "Oh, now now that uh, you have all all this extra time, you can you can finish up some writing." I said, "Okay, well, I work better under pressure, and I still have over two weeks and three weeks left <laughs> for my for my my final milestone, my final deliverables." Right? Final yeah, yeah. So it's like I got all the words down there. I just gonna like massage them up, and like, all right, I'll after this, after this, I'll I'll get some work on it. So. Sure. Yeah, we'll yeah. That, I but... have I have not taken much freelance over the past couple months, and it's been good to sort of spend the weekends reading and playing video games and stuff like that, watching movies. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm we the... we watch quite a bit of movies, my wife and I. So it's kind of our okay. evening thing, either series or movies. Um, yeah. What what uh, what, did, what 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 was the last movie you watched? Uh, we watched or... The Man from Toronto on Netflix what? with uh, Woody Harrelson and Kevin Hart. 
Oh, it's kind of a new one, right? Yeah, yeah. We all yeah, yeah, kind of looking to see what's what's the latest yeah. coming out. And that was okay. It was it was kind of a you know, your typical kind of your buddy action kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And Kevin Hart's playing the the uh, the comedic you know role sure, the comedic foil. Yeah, yeah. And it, what's interesting for me is that Woody Harrelson is now becoming this kind of like a, a comedic action hero for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember, um, you ever seen the movie Natural Born Killers? Did I? God, it's been a while. I don't think I've actually seen it all the way through, but I may have been working at a movie theater when it was playing. Yeah. So I have vague memories of scenes. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a he's very uh, maniacal as a serial yeah. killer in this thing. And, uh, and, and, and when I see him playing these kind of comedic action things that I always go back to you know, it's kind <laughs> yeah. of some spinoff of that, but not near as, is uh gruesome, you know? <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, he's been kind of playing these roles for a while, you know, or like a uh, zombie land and, and zombie yeah. land too, you know, it's the same kind of, same kind of yeah. thing. Those are a little bit tamer. Um, we also watched, um, we like finding a series. And we, so mm-hmm. during the week we'll watch a series and then on the weekend we'll, we'll get a movie. And uh, so we watched through the series. Last one we finished was The Lincoln Lawyer, also Netflix. Oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, but so so is Matthew McConaughey in the series at all, or is that no. just the movie, the previous movie? Yeah. yeah the The whole it, it's like not even anything re- related related to, to the movie. To, yeah. To the movie, except that he drives a bunch of different Lincolns, sure, and he takes on a lot of different clients. But the whole premise. Mm-hmm. Why he does that is 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 a lot different. Um, it, it, I was actually surprised; it was really quite good. Um, we 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 liked it quite a bit. We've seen several other series that we've got started. Like there's one called Tokyo Vice that we started. We got all the way to the very last episode. And I was like, man, I hate this thing. I really hate <laughs> where they've got. So we've not watched the last episode. Yeah. Like, we don't care how they wrap it up. But it would just, you know, yeah, they we'll- just kind of. So. Once you stop caring, it just yeah. why bother if you're you yeah, know, watching it? Yeah. yeah. What about you? What what kind of what's the last thing you've seen? So uh we've been watching um Evil on Oh really? Yeah. Paramount yeah. Plus uh, was on CBS. Yeah. We kind of just started watching season one maybe like a week or so two ago. Um and it is inter- it's not what I thought it would be in a in a lot of ways. And when they switched over to um the second season, which was apparently not on the actual CBS and just on Paramount Plus, they got right. kind of raunchier and cuss words mm-hmm. flying everywhere. <laughs> um, but there's a, there, it, it sort of makes you think it's going to be kind of a monster of the week, almost like a Buffy kind of thing, maybe. Right. And and you think maybe oh, this is going to be lauding the Catholic Church or stuff like that because you know, but it doesn't. It kind of talks about these things. Uh, it talks about how the, the Catholic Church is kind of a it's almost X Files ish in a lot of ways. Oh, that there's really? a kind of the yeah. Catholic Church is kind of a sometimes sinister organization in the background. But there's they do it's it's there's a thing that the the narratives of these episodes sometimes feel really unfinished. Like like mm. there's not enough denouement to make it feel like normal regular network television. Right, and so right. sometimes it that taken me two seasons to kind of wrap my head around it. <laughs> and we just started the third season, uh, which is new this year, last, last night. Um, and uh, uh, that was something else. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I didn't know this when we started watching it is that um, 
some of the episodes and some of the one of the producers is uh, Rockney S. O'Bannon, uh, who created Farscape. Mm, mm, and I yeah. love Farscape. Yeah, I'm a big, huge fan, Farscape fan. So when I saw his name, I was like, all oh, right, awesome. Um, and he wrote a couple episodes that were kind of, you know, it's, you know, miles away from science fiction in a lot of ways. But, uh, uh, but um, there was clearly some touches of, of stuff that I kind of recognized from some Farscape writing and, and the stuff that he and the episodes that he's written. So I've been enjoying that. Now, do they wrap up a story each time or does it? You think over? they're going to. Oh. And then it kind of is a little bit, but then it kind of also ends up coming back later mm. on and episodes later. And then there's stuff that's happening that it's been like a season and a half. Where I'm like, I don't understand what is going on. <laughs> like, you know, the main, the, one of the main characters moms is kind of getting involved with something weird and, and occultish, but it's never really explained. And she's doing weird things and, She's got side plots that kind of weave in and out, but every every episode is supposedly focused on like an exorcism or a haunting or 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 something along those lines, and you kind of get a little bit of resolution, but then also you, some things don't resolve like you think they would for network television. That's the thing that I'm like, that's so baffling to me in a lot of ways. Hmm. So you think uh, the move to Paramount has kind of changed how they it was happening to serialize things. It was happening a bit in the first season, too, when they were on CBS. Okay. It was just like, oh, that's a dangling thread that they never really picked up on. And then, oh, wait, oh, it does come back later in the season. You kind of see it again. Because it's like in the first season, um, uh, uh, they pick this AR goggle game up, right? And then, okay. like, it's creepy and weird and it's a horror game. But then there's also it's weirdly multiplayer. But I don't. The, everything about computers in the se se series makes no sense, but um, uh, uh, and uh, uh, you know, there's a creepy girl in there, and she's like, "I want to play. Let's open the book and summon Satan." Um, and then that episode kind of ends, and then because because also maybe you think that it's also there's a there's a an omen style little boy in this episode too that the that the investigators are investigating, and maybe that had something to do with the VR, but it doesn't. I don't think, uh, and but. You know the main characters' kids have this AR thing, and then but then it also comes back at the end of the episode. Like so, it's I don't know. I, it, it's as a as a someone who's sort not of like, very tight. It sounds like the story writing. Yeah, and that's kind of okay. But yeah. as someone who does sort of tell these kind of serialized stories yeah. a lot, or you know, work on these kind of, it is confusing to me. It, it it's slightly mm -hmm. frustrating, but not. You know, I just have to be you know, just be patient. It kind of comes back, and I do kind of figure it out, but also. It doesn't tie anything up in a neat bow, and it's it's just that's very interesting for for network TV. I guess now it's kind of streaming TV, but you know, yeah, you, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. It reminds me of uh, Starfinder scenarios. Um, I don't do you, yeah, okay. You read many or play many of the society? I don't. I've run a bunch of the ones that I've written. I'll say, yeah. um, and I, I uh, for um, for for a few months I was running them uh, uh, for the Starfinder team just to just to play them through, you know, just to have something that, to play with. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, there's some things that, yeah, that they do. I like that what they, what they'll have something kind of in there that sort of maybe hints at another scenario right. coming up in the future. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of neat, but you never, if you don't play that, you never really know <laughs> right. uh, what's going on there. So. Right. And then but, sometimes in the, in the future ones, they'll have callbacks to very specific yeah. scenarios. So, so yeah. you say, Oh yeah. If you play this, some of them are pretty minor. Like I'm, on Wednesday, I'm playing a uh, nine to twelve, mm -hmm. and it calls back to a couple things last season, 
And then I and I ran something at Pisacon actually, and it called back to the previous season. But they were just really minor, really minor callbacks. It wasn't like, you know, a tightly woven thread. Yeah. I think maybe they're building towards a bigger story, right? You know, the where case, they're yeah. doing these kind of things. Sometimes they try to try to tie it in a little bit more closely, but interesting. And yeah. Now with APs, it's not APs are a lot tighter. It seems they, like yes, we we try to make them that way. Yeah, to they can be self-contained stories, and and yeah, you know, if there's something that gets left behind, it's either picked up later on, or maybe just sort of a thread that you can pick up for a, a continuing the campaign. You know, hey, you want to keep playing? Mm-hmm. Oh, what about this? You know, don't forget we did we talked about this thread in volume two or whatever, and and you can run with that. Yeah, I wonder how much players will remember that. So, like, I just finished. Yeah book one of uh, Horizons of the Vast with my group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, you're familiar with, the, with that? Yeah, yes, I am. I'm, right. I'm, okay. I'm very, yeah, very familiar. Okay. Yeah, so, so in, in book one, uh, which Ron had written, right, mm-hmm. and he's in, he's in the group, um, there's uh, in, the, in kind of the last dungeon area, there's a couple of things that hint at the bigger picture, right? Mm-hmm. You don't understand what they mean, right? They yeah. say something is coming, and then there's kind of the nature of the disturbance there is something that is kind of formative of what the bigger thing is coming. And then the timing, yeah. right? There's a timing aspect of it. How long right. ago something happened before, um, mm-hmm. which seems to Now, the thing, so I really try to stress that to my group yeah. uh, in all these things. Remember when this happened? <laughs> you know, when we get to book five or six, I wonder if they're even going to remember those things, you know? It- you know, it depends on the. I think it'll, you know, it depends on the player. It depends on the group. For the player who is kind of paying attention, has written some things down that'll hit yeah. pretty hard, and it'll be a, a rev- revelatory moment. I think, right? For the player mm-hmm. who's not paying attention and doesn't doesn't hit, in a way, it probably won't matter as much because they're kind of there for the immediacy of this problem or this combat, right? right. And once they get through right. all that, they're just like, "Oh, is there a bigger story?" Great, someone can maybe fill me in, and you know. But if you have a whole group that's all like that, it might feel a little <laughs> like you're just kind of like right. laying out a plot in front of them, and they're just kind of like, "Okay, sure, but what do we shoot next?" Um, right, and that's unfair, right. but uh, but uh, it happens. Yeah, we have one player who's a big time note taker, but unfortunately, she go. was not feeling well mm. and during this, which was the wrap up the oh, end <laughs> of the uh, end of the book. And I'm like, finally, we got it. You know, Ron's back from from France. Somebody else is over COVID, so finally, we got everybody and we can play. And then she can't come last minute. I thought, oh, man. oh man, yeah, I was very disappointed because I think she she's somebody um, that really pays attention to those things and catches mm-hmm. those. So I'll have to. I'll have to reiterate that at the start of the next yeah. session, I think, so that, you know, everybody picks up. But the interesting thing, uh, again, in running these APs, and in this particular book, I noted a couple of things where they say, this is where something will take place later. The players don't find it now, but they will find this secret entrance mm-hmm. to this thing later on. And I thought that was very helpful. So now for me, I'm yeah. looking yeah. at make sure, oh, yeah. This is this is where that entrance is. This is how they have to find it. This you know to tie him back. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. Now you know I asked you if if you're familiar with with uh, the, all the Starfinder APs. You've only mm-hmm. developed half of them, right? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Maybe 
it'll be a little more than half. I'm going to say a little more than, more half. than half. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, so, a little more. So even the ones you haven't developed, you're pretty familiar with, though. I have a fair familiarity with them. I have, you know, at the time I'd be, I have, would have been working on the back matter for them. So I, you know, I've right. read the outlines for them. Right. And right. Uh, right, specific, right. maybe specific beats. I may not have all of them memorized as much as I have them for the ones mm-hmm. that I, I fully developed. Uh, but you know, I, I, there's really, there, I'm trying to think there might only, it's two and a half that I didn't develop out of all of the APs out of the, 11 counting the ones that I'm working on right now. So there've been 11, <laughs> there will be 11 APs eventually by the end of uh, 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 this year, I guess. Well, okay. So you must be start working the on like three of them now that haven't been announced. Well, well uh, I've, we've talked about a little bit what the volume titles are. Yeah. Yes. But Horizons of the Vast okay. is number nine. This is the ninth AP. Okay. If I recall correctly. Yeah. Right. Then so then there's Drift, Drift Crashers, and then there's 10. Drift Hackers. Yeah. Right. And 11. Drift Hackers is eleven. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I was I was thinking there was actually um, I was miscounting on that. I forgot the Drift Hackers one. Okay. Well, then that makes it. Sorry, that makes it does make it three and a half that I haven't developed <laughs> myself. Okay. Now, when when somebody's de- when you're doing this and you're splitting the load with Jenny or Jason mm-hmm. or whoever it is, right? Yeah. Um. So one of you is developing the front matter and the other one's developing mm-hmm. the back matter for each book. Is that how it works? That is how it has worked a lot in the past. Um, we actually, just to sort of, if everyone wants a real inside baseball look on how things are go, um, uh, a Pathfinder stopped doing that essentially right. a couple APs into the second edition. So one developer develops the whole book. The beginning of this year, I thought, Hey, maybe we should do that. Uh, let, because I think at the time there was a little bit of uh, a lot of uh, 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 scheduling kind of crunch up. And it was like, okay, well, someone, if the, we kept it the way we had it, someone would be developing back matter and an entire module and sort of planning for the next AP at the exact same times. And I thought, well, that doesn't seem 100% fair. So why not starting with essentially starting with drift hackers? APs are developed by a single person. Okay. All right. But so in, the do- fe- in the past, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then if if you're not developing, then you may be a freelancer on that AP as well, right? Or yeah, back you, matter yeah. and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's like possible. Yeah, that's happened. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, we, you know, often we haven't, haven't done that in a bit, but it's possible. Yeah. Now, of, of all these 11 APs, Mm-hmm. Not all of them that you've directly developed, but you're familiar with. Sure. Which ones do you like the best? All right. Which there's some there's a small amount of bias there, of course, because <laughs> some ones I've worked on. I well, obviously the three and a half you haven't worked on, you don't like as much. Is that what you're saying? No, no, as much. No, no, they're fine. Actually, I think um, uh, there's some some some. I mean, everything. Again, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the polite guy and say everything. Every one of them is great in their own way. If that's what you want. Okay. Right? Um, I do have a bit of uh, my own sort of soft spot for Signal of Screams because it is sort mm. of one of the earlier ones. And, and granted, it, you know, it's got a lot of rough around the edges because it was one of the earlier ones that I, I worked on. And um, I'm going to also say, gosh, um, mm, I think I think we did some really great stuff with Horizons of the Vast. I'm going to say that, mm. too. And then the the 
the weird parts <laughs> that you didn't like of uh, Attack of the Swarm, I think, are, are some stuff. I've, I, though, have thought about some some other ways that I could have done that, in the, of course, in the intervening years, but what, what are you going to do? <laughs> no, yeah, it's... Yeah. No, no, that's just me, though. I mean, I'm sure people sure. think it's perfectly fine. And that that's... I've seen that set up in a lot of society scenarios. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it came up in the AP, I said, okay, oh, well, it's just another one of those, whatever. Um, okay, and, and and the thing is, it's not, not a huge deal. So, so you like, you like signal extremes a lot, signal mm-hmm. of screams a lot in horizons of the vast. I don't really have a huge opinion of horizons of the vast. Uh, I mean, I've read through all the books, right? Sure, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. GMing it, but I haven't really gone through it in much detail. I, I think it's kind of neat, um, but I don't, yeah. I, I don't have a huge. You know, nothing yet for me on that. Yeah, there's not. I mean, it's a way that nothing is like that. I can say that. Oh, this really is great. But it's just the the fact that we crack the the code of being able to do Kingmaker in space. Yes, uh, I yes. think I'm very proud of. I would say. That's, yes, you know, and then working on how to make it not about you know uh, n- not a colonial story so much. Right. In a lot of ways. Right. So, I think that's good. I think that's good. Yeah. Well, you know, remember I said that somebody ran. Uh, Attack of the Swarm and kind of ruined that. I actually thought Attack of the Swarm was going to be really good, but the person running it didn't make it very good. That's right, right, right. Because that's what, yeah, because yeah, yeah, the person yeah. running it, yeah. That person also ran Signal Screams for me. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so, so I, I was really tuned out of it. It was like, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, there's there are a couple of things in there uh, with body horror I didn't really care about, but everything else was fair fine, enough, you know. Um, and, uh, but I, I didn't, it, the way it was run for me, it was just a bunch of series of encounters and the horror other than the body horror never really rose. Mm-hmm. Its head. And so I, I, again, I don't, I haven't gone back through and read it cause I usually don't read things that I'm playing sure. and then I'm, I haven't gone back and read it. Then you played them. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, I'd like, I think attack of the swarm would have been way better if I had had a, a different GM. I think mm-hmm. Signal of Screams would have been way better if I had a, a different GM. So well, both of those for me are just kind of like uh, kind of average, yeah. you know, for, well, I, well, in terms of Yeah, if if body horror isn't your thing, no matter who was running it or, or yeah. horror in general is not your thing, even matter who was running it, it probably wouldn't have wouldn't have hit as much. So I get it. I get it. And that's unfortunate. Uh what about you, John? What what do you like? APY. Well so I'll say that I I have I don't have any experience with threefold conspiracy, so that's mm-hmm. one I don't know anything about. Okay, uh, but all the other ones I've played are jammed, mm-hmm. and so given that I have some bias of of ones that I played with really fun groups. Sure. And one of the ones I liked the best was actually the uh, Dead Sons. Okay, being great. the first one. Yeah, uh, for my first exposure to Starfinder. Really, really fun group. Uh, most of them are still playing with us in Intrepid Heroes. And there are parts of that I didn't like. Like, I didn't like the Casterville book. Like, I think it's book mm. three in there. Um, I didn't I didn't really care for that. Um, other than that, I, I actually, I thought, especially book one, was, mm. was really dense. Had a lot of stuff in it. A lot yeah. of information. Covered a lot of ground. I, I think that's an awesome introduction to Starfinder for anybody. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I, mean, I really, I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, you know, we played Donna Flame 
I thought early on Donna Flame was a lot of fun. Then they got to some weird parts in there, <laughs> you know, and that was yeah. just kind of that was just kind of okay. Um, trying to think, uh, Devastation Arc has been pretty fun. Actually, I've enjoyed oh, that one quite a bit. Uh, higher level play, I think that's the thing yeah. that's been really uh, hitting for me. In uh, and again, with uh, my local group that we've been, you know, we played through Dead Sons, we played through Dawn of Flame. Now we're playing Devastation Arc, so that's. So that's been a lot of fun. I, I liked uh, Against the Aeon Throne. I thought that was mm-hmm. a r- nice, quick, short, um, you know, a lot of combat, heavy combat, some yeah. infiltration and stuff. I thought that was, you know, I, I think that's another good, easy intro. Solid, yeah. You know, uh, for folks. Um, the one that I didn't like and my group mm. didn't like was Fly Free or Die. And mm. we, we only got through book one and then decided okay. we didn't like it really felt, and part of this might have been how the GM was running it. She was relatively new on, okay. on doing certain things. Um, I mean, I, I think she tried really hard and put things together. But I, when I talked to the um, the developer, uh, Jake Tondro, about it, he said, well, if you didn't like book one, you're really not going to like book four and <laughs> you know, so on yeah. and so forth. And, and that's kind of what made me decide we weren't going to play it. And primarily, it's the premise that uh, you're not heroes. And in fact... You have to make really tough decisions yeah. that are no win. And you, in essence, it felt like to us, really get railroaded into these, you know, back against the wall situations. Situations, yeah. And that wasn't any fun for our group. We, and I think we <laughs> didn't really, we thought it was going to be, you know, we're thinking Firefly and doing all kinds of fun stuff. And, and yes, there's those aspects of it. But the the non-hero part, I think, is what really, mm-hmm. that's what turned us off. And we decided not to go forward with it. The second volume was probably the most Firefly-y, yeah. I would say, uh, from what I remember about it. Because um, uh, it is also one of, the, one of the more episodic ones. Right. And then, you know, if, and if you were to stick to it, I feel like there's some heroic moments at the end. You do get to win at the end, at least, you know. I'll, I will spoil that much as a okay. Uh, you well, get we you might get have to, to revisit then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying go back and play it because if you didn't like it, you're going to have to be going up against all of these situations right. until you get to the part where you can get revenge and win essentially. Right. Uh, but up to then, right. you're going to be kind of <laughs> beaten down and, and kicked a little bit <laughs> for for the nar- purposes of narrative. So yeah, it turns out that yeah, sometimes those stories. Those types of stories, which are great to like watch, maybe and 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 if they're you know when they're scripted stories, sometimes don't play well with certain people, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I often hear people ask, "I'm introducing, I'm I'm coming from Five E. I'm introducing my group to Starfinder. Mm-hmm. What should I start with them with? So what AP or you know what book or whatever? Um, I ha- I have some advice I usually get. I'm kind of curious what you would say. Again, a little bit of a bias here, but <laughs> um, uh, I think I I would start with Junker's Delight. Even you're yes, yes, that's coming from one. coming from uh, 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 any any other game. You know, the, the the point of it is to be a sort of an introduction to Starfinder on a non adventure path length level, right? Because you know, like we said, Dead Sons number one is a great introduction, but it, it does lead to playing a game for two years maybe or something like that you know uh depending on how often you meet so uh that one is a little shorter and you can get through it um 
and it does kind of hit a lot of it doesn't give you a nice grand big grand tour of uh starfinder the starfinder universe but there are a lot of um concepts in it that are sort of i guess easy to recognize and pick up on it's like you know and, mm-hmm. and be like oh everyone knows what a junkyard is essentially right right so, right yeah that's my no, thought i think yeah no i think that and that's actually i think that's great advice if somebody's looking for kind of a one shot to get through quick oftentimes people are thinking they want to start an ap and so they ask mm. and this well, is where yeah. i think the three volume ap's kind of shine oh yeah um a little bit and so like against the on throne i think is a really easy one uh, for folks yeah. to get into to get kind of get a sense if all you're going to do is one book i and you want a good good kind of mix of different things i really think uh book one of dead sons except for the final boss <laughs> and i don't right. know if you're familiar with oh the yeah I remember tpks that took place <laughs> yeah final. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh we, yeah, we were still early going and, we're, and it was kind of yeah. like oh i'm sure they'll be fine Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think those are fun. Have you ever played Band on the Run? Have I played it? No. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, I did develop it though, so I, I'm pretty uh-huh. familiar, passing familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, again, one of those titles that I didn't think we would get away with, but yeah, uh, no, I liked a it. Lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, kind of as an aside, actually, one of the things that you can't copyright is titles. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's why you see movies named the same thing or songs named the same thing because they're All titles. Right. Yeah, yeah so I didn't realize that. Long. Yeah, fair enough. But um, I actually, so I ran that Fourth of July two oh, yeah. years ago. So not this year, but last year, I guess. I think that's right. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, for one oh, shot, great. you know, it's a yeah. lot of fun uh, to get through. I don't think it introduces you enough to Starfinder. Um, but if if you just want a quick fun thing, that yeah. or the free RPG day ones with all the skittermanders, I that that kind of limits you a little bit. Well, well, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, sure. So, in terms of playing, what what classes, what Starfinder classes do you like to play? I am a forever GM in, uh, in this case, in that I don't haven't had too much experience playing classes, but uh, I can say theoretically, uh, yes. again, I would probably want to play a mechanic mm-hmm. um exocortex or maybe even the um experimental weapon prototype yes that's a fun in, in, in character yeah. operations manual um give that a try see how that is um i would most likely try want to try a biohacker since i wrote the class mm-hmm. um and uh wanted to see how i did um and i and i uh i know that there are some some people have some issues with it but i you know, I, I think that's the kind of thing I like. I I guess I like to when I do play anything, if there is a sort of uh, there are roles to fill, you know, like in a yeah. Pathfinder or Starfinder, I will just fill in the gaps. Um, if I don't have any, I can I can come up with an idea for it. So, uh, but often I do find myself in those situations, um, playing a bit of support. Yeah, support type support type class. What about you? Well, well, first of all, I got to say, we need to get you out playing some more so you can play, especially play a biohacker. Yeah. Yeah. I've only played one up to, I think my biohacker is like sixth level. And it's, oh, it's I think it's pretty fun. Cool, cool. That, that level. In in our um, Intrepid Heroes uh, actual play, we have a biohacker now level 16. 
and man, can he do some cool stuff. All right. So, yeah, so it, it seems to it seems to level pretty well. Um, you know, I'm like you in 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 terms of playing, like um, I'm getting ready for a society game on Wednesday, for example. Mm-hmm. And so somebody said, hey, they asked, John, what are you going to play? Because everybody else is putting their stuff down. And and I'm like, well, I can play whatever they need, right? Because I, I have gazillion characters. Even though this is a, well, in this one, it's a nine to 12 scenario. I think I have three characters in tier because f- four of my high level characters have, have aged out of tier. They're level 13 or higher. All right. So I can't can't use those. I haven't played them for like years now. Um, but I do have a level 12 exocortex mechanic. Oh, right. Uh, so, so I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and play that. Um, I I like I like the skills and stuff you get once you get like level ten and above. All the classes have lots of cool stuff. So yeah, um, I can I can find something fun about any of them to play. You know, yeah. that's that's kind of my my basic thing. Now I'm really in our actual play. I'm playing a 16th level Vanguard, which mm. has so much cool stuff it can do. Yeah, uh, it. it that that's a lot of fun. It's it's hard for me because we only play every other week, mm. right? I got to remember all the skills I can do for mitigating damage and you know helping yeah. out my team and stuff. That's that's probably the the biggest issue for me on that. But it's a lot of fun. It's a big time frontliner. It just kind of gets out there. It absorbs damage. It prevents damage from everybody else. Isn't the biggest damage dealer? We have a Solarian that just kills stuff. You know. Yeah. But it's but it's a lot of fun to be if you want to be a big frontliner, mm-hmm. then it's great. Um, I for a long time early on I played uh, operatives and you know operatives are great skill monkeys, good all around players, uh, characters. Um, early on, they're good at damage dealing, but mm-hmm. as they scale up, you know, as at the higher levels, so twelve and and above, it seems like to me that they aren't the prime damage dealers anymore, right? They're getting lots of dice lower on, but man, soldiers, Solarians, they're doing lots of damage at, yeah. at the higher That's levels. Good. You know, so those are those are kind of fun. Envoys, you know, I've got uh, I've got three different envoys in society play, you know, ranging levels, and I kind of make all kinds of different versions. And I guess the neat thing about all the classes is you know, there's different flavors of things that you can mm-hmm. have, you know, so I have like two of each at least and three of some, you know, amongst all my society players, uh, characters, because I, you know, I'm doing a weapons prototype mechanic and an exocortex mechanic, you know, I'm doing a, um, you know, a, a melee soldier and I'm doing, uh, you know, a bombard soldier, you know, yeah. so trying, trying lots of different stuff like that. So, I think the favorite I have is whatever I'm working on now and get excited about. (laughs) That's yeah. That's always the case is like my, (laughs) I'm always having more, most fun with the character. I'm one of the characters I'm currently playing. Yeah. Now lower level, it's sometimes it's a little tough. Um, You know, I, like I have a low level, witch warper. I haven't played witch warper a lot. That's one, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. I have not played a precog. And mm-hmm. I've not played a nanocyte or uh, evolutionist. So those are ones I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. I've seen all but the evolutionists in the wild and seen how they, how they play. So I can kind of see, you know, kind of what they're about. Yeah. But that book isn't uh, out yet technically. So oh, yeah, you're not going to see any evolutionists out in the wild for, for a while. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a play why. test evolutionist, but yes, but play test is what I've seen one. them. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and I actually kind of, Ron and I went through the evolutionist and kind of a quick review for the play test yeah. uh, sometime last year. And, and for me, I didn't, I didn't quite, I didn't quite get it all. I, I, I not, I can see how it's based, right. All the different right. um, flavors, but I, I don't see myself in that play style yet. So I haven't, haven't looked at yeah. Whereas like we, like we have a nanocyte in our um, horizons of the vast in at low level, right? So we're just at level three, man, that nanocyte is, is pretty powerful. It's our frontliner, you right. know? Oh, yeah. And that's like, wow, I, I was surprised. I didn't, I didn't realize that all the cool stuff that you could do even relatively low level. So that, again, that seems like a fun thing, a fun thing to, to definitely, kind of definitely. Now, if you're a forever GM, then, then maybe you have a favorite critter, you know, a uh, monster yeah. or something that you've either run or you'd like to introduce or maybe even created. I think at the, I'd say kind of all, all the, um, uh, all the, all the different swarm creatures, not uh, the swarm, not swarm with a lowercase s, but the swarm creatures are, are kind of, kind of my favorite. Um, having, mm -hmm. you know, sort of added a bunch of new with them with attack of the swarm and other, um, bits, uh, other, other adventures. Uh, I just kind of like that. They can kind of be, I mean, you know, any monster can be anything kind of whatever, but these, this is a group of monsters that kind of does kind of weird stuff. And, uh, mm -hmm. uh, is, is got that, you know, I guess I did, I did, and, uh, enjoy playing Zerg in StarCraft, so I think I like this idea of these <laughs> biomechanical creatures yeah. that sort of hatch out of things and just sort of are programmed to be murder monsters in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny you mentioned that. I was just watching some clips from uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, you know, yeah, where, that too. You know, where they, they have the bit different specialized swarm creatures, you know, bugs. Yeah, bugs. You know, for doing things, and that—that's when we were playing Attack of the Swarm. That's what I was thinking. You know, oh yeah, it's we're going up against the bugs, and you get the different flavors. I actually like battling against Swarm because you didn't know what flavor it was going to be until mm -hmm. you got into the battle, toe yeah. to toe with it. Then you realize, oh, I, I, I don't want to be right next to these two things. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, sort of thing. So, no, I think that's good. I think it's fun. Right. That's well, a kind of, I guess, a kind of a little bit of a cheat answer because it's not just a creature; it's a yeah. kind of a family of creatures. But you yeah, know. yeah. Well, I'll I'll give you a um, a creature, but it kind of sure. extends to some other ones related that I like. And I encountered this in um, is actually in a society scenario. I think it was a five to eight. Um, so, are you familiar with the neutron neutronium golem? Oh, all right. Okay, I am a, a little bit familiar with the Neutronium Golem, yeah. Okay. That is my favorite one because it just messes with players so much, <laughs> right? It's got it's got the basic Golem stuff, you know, some yeah. magic and things don't, don't work against it. But it also has light immunity, which means it doesn't interact with visible light. So it's invisible and lasers don't work on it. Right. And so at that level, they don't have a lot of, means to see invisible creatures and a lot of them have lasers <laughs> and so it's it's just like trying to figure out like in in that particular scenario just trying to even figure out what's hitting them right because yeah. <laughs> right because it's not invisible it just doesn't interact with the natural light so it can attack while they can't see it 
and it, you know, to, to figure out what's going on and, yeah. and, uh, interact. So that, that's kind of, that's probably one of my favorites of, of all the creatures. So if I were looking at, uh, if I had to put in something that was going to be challenging for, you know, it's a CR six, right? Relatively mm-hmm. low level group. I think that would be one of the ones I would, I would look at. I mean, you can put, you know, dragons and big old, you know, high Sierra creatures and stuff. Yeah. But this is one, I, I just think it's kind of, it's got it, it's got it stick. And that yeah. stick just really affects people, uh, you know, players in a futuristic environment. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me of um, you know, as you level up uh, with characters, and I don't maybe you think about this as a, as a game master as well. Certain things you have to learn to um, adapt to in game. Things that you're going to encounter. So one of the things about Dead Sons that made it so challenging low level is you ran into some in uh, corporeal creatures. Oh yeah, right and. Uh, Unfortunately, like your energy weapons do half damage, your non-energy weapons do no damage, yeah. and so like for me as a as a as a player, I like, man, one of the first things I need to do is I need to learn how to get something to deal with those guys, you know. And then later on, the the next kind of thing that that kind of gets you in in different things for me is invisibility, mm-hmm. going against invisible creatures. So you now you need some way to sense them or mark them or see them or whatever. And the nice thing about Starfinder is there's lots of different ways for both of those situations to overcome them. And I think as a player, like now, you know, when I'm, I'm working on my, my mechanic, well, he's got see invisibility, right? He's got the go. armor upgrade that allows him to see invisibility 10 minutes a day and one minute increments because I know that's going to happen. And <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that kind of thing. Um, but what I don't know now, what happens, okay, so at 15th level or 18th level or 20th level, what's going to be the big thing? You know, I haven't encountered yet, right? You know, enough of what's the mm-hmm. big thing that's going to get us. In Devastation Arc, it's sheer amount of damage. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know, sheer amount of damage is, is what we've been in, encountering, either, you know, multiple uh, assailants or one assailant to just just pounds like a truck yeah yeah and so you know and that's where my vanguard's been really handy because it's been able to mitigate mitigate quite a bit beyond that uh then also i guess um you know the thing that i'm seeing and and this is probably at any level but at higher level you know looking at if you're a frontliner um things that can really shut you down include like uh you know will saves right if you you have really poor will saves and you fail those um, or, you know, some, something else that's mind affecting, that's going to prevent you from doing things. So, you know, as I'm building out characters, I'm thinking about w- what's it going to be doing and what's the biggest thing that I can shut it down mm-hmm. in the midst of a battle. And so, I don't know. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think like confusion and like mm-hmm. dominate person and even like the, like insanity style effects or, or yep. get the, uh, get, get players a, a yes. lot, especially those who, you know, who don't have those great will saves and not everyone does. Mm-hmm. Is there a favorite trick that you like to throw at players? Something like that, you know, to throw a monkey wrench and things. I think it's the, it might be like a, like a mirror image mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. or a, or a, 
or a blur or a displacement um, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, yeah, I'm really going to hit him. Oh, but no, you didn't, you know, you know, or maybe, you know, you hit a, you hit a mirror image and it didn't do any damage. And it just, it's, I know that how frustrating that can also be, but also, yes. you know, it can be a little, just to sort of when, 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 when some players, you know, get too, too big for their, to their damage britches, um, then we like just sort of mitigate that because sometimes, you know, you, you'll, you'll have a, an encounter where, you roll badly on initiative and then everyone gets to beat up on your monster for an entire round. And you're like, I have so many cool things I want to do yep. <laughs> with this monster. Yeah. That happens, especially in the APs I'll say, because mm-hmm. the APs are designed for four, four characters. And I almost always have five or six players. Yeah. And so if the monster is rolling low, they get one and a half times the poundage on them that maybe <laughs> true. they were yeah. built for. Um, but yeah, I think that I think um, the mirror image thing also. Uh, you said displacement or any type of concealment. Yeah, um, I think that that like the neutralium golem is something that's really cool with that. Or if you can blind people, right? That's mm. that's really nasty on your frontliners. Um, yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Um, slowing people down, like making them oh, staggered, yeah. so they only get one, one. action per round. Yeah. Um, you know, so a lot of things like that. Well, yeah, you know, um, there was a, I mean, I just, the other week I uh, was running in uh, <clears throat> Outlaws of Alkenstar and the, well, what, sort of what you're, to, to what you were saying about having groups, sometimes what I'll do if I happen to have like five or six players is sometimes I'll run encounters together that are presented yes. in an AP, right? You'll just be like, yeah. oh, well, uh, one thing is not going to, one, one monster is not going to be enough, but if this other monster from this other room happened to be in the same room with them, eh, that'll be actually a bit of a challenge for them, so. That's basically what happened with the the end of uh, chapter one of book one of Outlaws yeah. of Star. There's a, a no leader, and I just kind of like ran that together with the other other some of the other monsters in the junkyard. So <laughs> it actually well, let that... the null sort of stand around, uh, stay up longer to do one cool thing. Right. Well, that's what Jake did to us. All of that uh, uh, assault on the crucible. Oh yeah, he just ran every encounter. We we did two and three encounters back to back. We took no rest. The entire book, yeah, because he put us on a clock. You had to keep going. You had to keep going. Got to keep going. Yeah, and uh, so that made it really that that was the most challenging of all the books. Mm. Because of that, we had to really ration our healing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, blow through all our spells. We didn't. Um, so that made it. That I think that made it really, really. T- it, it was I think more fun because of that. You know, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's like. I, I did not expect it to be that hard. And, and he told us early on, he was, he was buffing up. He was going to buff up, you know, everything, oh. you know, was, Oh yeah, you guys can handle all this stuff. No problem. I'm going to make it more challenging for you. So, <laughs> you know, the people that uh, listen to our, our actual play and then go play it are going to be really surprised that they're not <laughs> running into such tough circumstances. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I don't know. It's a sort of one of the things that when you get up to the higher level is there's the challenges of, how to how to challenge the the the, the characters and yeah right. running encounters right. together or putting them on a clock is the is a kind of a time honored tradition. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Well, great. Well, you know, it's been yeah. great, Jason, to catch up with you this week, and uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, continue to learn more about each other as we go along sure and thing. yeah, and see uh, kind of other other areas of commonality we have and other differences and. I yeah. will try not to to 
to be down on anything you develop. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? If there's a, some constructive criticism that you want to give me about something, I'd love to hear it because I sometimes these things kind of happen in a little bit of a vacuum. You know, I'm yeah. in front of my computer, just kind of like plugging away. This has got to get done. It's got to be this many pages. Uh -huh. And maybe there's some stuff in there that's not as gold, but then, or, oh, shoot, this is too long. And I got to cut something that's actually helpful or good or whatever, you know, just because it's the, the thing that easily lifts out. I, I, I'm okay with it. I, I can take it. Well, for, I got to say, everything's been really pretty good. And I think a lot of it is Thank you. left to the, the GM's interpretation. Oh, yeah. Uh, even myself, when I'm running stuff, you know, I, I realize that I, you know, I make mistakes and I, see after the fact that oh i'm supposed to drop this <laughs> yeah. in or done this Definitely. you know so maybe um being too busy to read everything in, in in great detail before i go in is is part of the issue on some of those sure 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 yeah the format is okay. is uh, fallible let's say you yeah. know sometimes if, yeah, if we can't just if we could just put all the information directly in your brain as a gm that would probably be the best way to do it oh yeah when world 20 has that plug in i'll be all set <laughs> oh no i don't know i don't know if i want to do have roll 20 be in my brain yeah uh, <laughs> all right well i'm john and i'm jason and this has been digital divination <laughs>